We're in a series talking about why church. And uh, in just a few weeks, uh, we're going to open up the opportunity for you to become a member of Venture Church. We started the church a little over five years ago. And in January, actually, we'll be turning six years old. And uh, up until then, it's been a church that you could attend but not join. We didn't have any kind of formal membership. And uh, we are opening up formal membership starting uh, at the conclusion of this sermon series on why church. So that's why I'm, I'm preaching through this series right now. And uh, so we'll be opening that up for you to uh, join and be part of the Venture Church family. So I'm kind of teaching through this series to talk about why church at all. Why are we doing this? Why do we come? Why do, you, why, why do you get out of bed on Sunday morning and make your way here? I consider it a tremendous opportunity and responsibility to be part of Christ Church. To be invited to be a, a, a part of what Christ is doing in this world is just, I believe, a tremendous honor. And, uh, you know, as you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you become part of his church. And Venture Church is just the local expression of Christ's global church. So for just a short period of time, you and I are entrusted with the gospel. In this geography, in this location, at this moment in time, Right here, you and I have been entrusted with the mission of the church. You and I have been entrusted with the gospel. We're to take it to the very ends of the earth. We're to take it to every man, woman, and child. And God has given that responsibility, that opportunity, that incredible, incredible gift he's given to us and put it in our hands. And I do see it as just that, an incredible opportunity. We are, we are the church. We're not a social club. We're not a civic organization. We're the body of Christ working to fulfill the mission that Jesus Christ began while he was on earth. And we do believe that he will be coming back again one day. But until then, he's entrusted his, his body, the local church, to fulfill that which he began. And if you were to put, put it into one word, what it is that you and I are called as part of the body of Christ, it would be the word servant. You and I are servants of the Most High God. Jesus made this very clear when he called the very first disciples as he started the very first church. In Mark chapter 9, verse 35, the, the Bible says, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. And then Christ went on to become the very example of what he talked about. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Christ set the example of how you and I are to serve others. He demonstrated. He set the example. And you and I now carry the title, Servants of the Lord. So that's why being part of a church is important, because we're a family, we're a flock, we're a body. We love each other, we care for each other, we need each other. We're called to love one another and to do good deeds. In part one of this series, two weeks ago, we talked about the importance of community and the fact that, that the church is a place where you can belong, where you can be part of a community because we need each other, amen? We need each other. We've never seen that lived out any more than what we have in the last month, where those who have the ability to help those in need rose to the occasion. Secondly, last week we talked about the necessity of worship and the fact that we gather each week 
for one hour of uninterrupted worship to God. It's a time when we learn God's word, where we grow in our faith, where we use the gifts and the abilities that God has given us to build up each other in the body of Christ. So today we're gonna talk about the third reason why I believe church is so important, and that is as as a part of Christ's church, we're called to work and serve others with humility. And so we see a great example of this in the Gospels in Luke chapter number five. We're gonna begin reading in verse number 17. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen a remarkable thing today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we marvel at Jesus, his power, God, that he could speak and heal a lame person. He can rise Lazarus from the dead, calm the sea with his voice, multiply bread and fishes, turn water into wine, heal the blinded eyes. God, there's no end to the miracles that Jesus has done in this earth to prove that he truly was God and is God. And Father, we are honored here today as we come to gather in your name to lift up the name of Jesus above every other name, to praise God, to worship him in this place. God, as we read your word this morning, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and you would show us just what you want us to do, who you want us to be, and how you want us to live in this life. So, Father, as we study your word today, I pray that you would speak to hearts, that you would bring clarity to your, to your word, that you'd open our ears and our eyes and our hearts to receive that which, which you're going to give us today. Father, we dedicate this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I love this story. What an incredible story. Wouldn't you like to have friends like that in your life? Friends that were willing to do that for you, people who were willing to go above and beyond the call of duty for someone who really could do nothing for them in return. This paralyzed man had no power, no ability to do anything for those four, but those four were willing to go through the roof for their friend. So I want to talk to you for just a few minutes today on what does it mean to be a servant? 
Now, I realize that doesn't sound like a high calling, but I'm here to tell you that it really is. What a privilege and honor it is to be a servant of Jesus Christ. We are called to serve others. So I'm going to give you four thoughts here today from this passage. If you want to serve others, number one, you need to pay attention to the needs around you. You need to open your eyes to the hurt and to the pain of the people that you know. So often in our busyness, we overlook those who are in need. We overlook those who are sick, those who are lonely. And we need to develop a heart of passion for others. The Bible says, as Paul was writing in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, if I have not love, I am a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. In other words, I'm all smoke and mirrors. It's all for show. If I don't have love in my heart for other people that motivates me to be willing to serve them, to, to go above and beyond the call of duty to help my fellow man, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many awards you get. It doesn't matter how much money you have at the end of your life. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what you've accomplished in life. If you don't have love in your heart, you're missing the picture. You're missing, you're missing what we're called to do. Because we are called to care. To show the fact that we love people. We're to be concerned for others. We care because God cares for us. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 24, nobody should seek his own good, but the good of others. And yet that's not our natural flesh's instinct, is it? Our natural flesh says, I want to seek my good. I want what's best for me. I want what makes me happy. Everybody's to serve me, but I don't want to be a servant. I don't want to serve other people. And yet Jesus, when he called his disciples to be part of his church, he said, I want you to be servants, and I'm going to set the example for you. I myself will be a servant. And he was. So why, why should we do good deeds for others? Well, good deeds lead to goodwill, and goodwill creates an openness to hearing the good news, right? When I do good deeds for you, when you do good deeds for lost people, it builds goodwill between you and them, and it creates the opportunity at some point for you to share the good news with them. God used the men in our text here because they actually cared they actually cared about their friend. They weren't just thinking of themselves. They were thinking of others. How do you know that you really care about other people? You become aware of their needs. You don't become so preoccupied with your own life, your own objectives, your own goals, your own mission, your own achievements. You actually slow down enough to look at the people around you and realize the fact that they have needs, that they have, they have concerns. There's things they, they, could help, they, they need some help with. If you're a boss, if you're an employer, if you own a company, it can be so easy to get caught up in the looking at the balance sheet and the spreadsheets and, the, and making sure that the pipeline is full and we got jobs, that you overlook the fact that the people right there working in the office or in the field with you are in need, they're hurting, and they need somebody to come alongside, put an arm around them and say, how can I help you? It's easy for us to just get so caught up in our own things that we miss out on helping other people. 
You see, awareness is evidence that you really care. If Venture Church is going to reach East Naples with the gospel of Jesus Christ, then our community needs to know that we care. Amen? I've said amen. amen. Okay, just make sure you're still awake out there. At Venture, the work that we do outside the walls of the church, we do it under the umbrella of Venture Cares. That's our motto, Venture Cares, because Truthfully, we do. We want to work hard in our community so that they know that Venture cares. And we want them to know that Venture cares because God cares and God loves them and we're his servants. I'm not going to read the story, but I think most of you know the story of the Good Samaritan. Of all the people that walked by, only one was aware of the needs of the hurting individual in the ditch. The Samaritan was aware of the needs around him and actually got involved. And so many times in life, we can, we can be like the priest that walk by on the other side of the road, turn our head and kind of put our hand like this and, and just, if I don't see it, I don't have to respond. What a terrible way to live. We should want to get involved because we're servants. That's what we do. It's who we are. All of the work that we've done in the last month in the aftermath of Hurricane Ian is really a demonstration of the fact that Venture cares. Had we as a church not jumped in and helped after the storm, people could have easily said, your church doesn't care. You didn't do anything. Be well, be fed. That's not what we did. We got involved. And I've been so impressed with the 80-plus volunteers who jumped in and worked hard demonstrating the fact that God loves people and that Venture Church cares for our community. It's hard to believe, but tomorrow is November. That doesn't even seem possible. It seems like we just cut October out of the calendar. But we start November, and the last Sunday in November is always what we call Venture Care Sunday. And this is a Sunday where we collect food to distribute uh, in our community. And this year, we're going to do something different. This year, the last five years, we've always, we've always given the food to other uh, nonprofit organizations and faith-based uh, food ministries. This year, we're collecting food for our own Venture Cares mobile market. We have a 40-foot custom-built trailer uh, that's under construction right now. All we're waiting for is, a, is I think, a freezer to, to, to get delivered and uh, then we're going to get it wrapped. I'm hoping it will be here in the month of December. So the last Sunday in November, we're going to collect food to stock the Venture Cares mobile market when it arrives in November so that we're able to start going out and giving food to those in need. The thing that's going to make our mobile market unique in this community is that ours will be, uh, I think, the only full-choice food pantry uh, in Collier County. In other words, they actually get to shop. They get to pick what they want. Instead of just handed a box or handed a bag of food, they get to go through and select the items that they want. Uh, it will be very unique, and it's going to be uh, very helpful to so many people in our community. If there's one thing that this storm has done, is it has, at least for me, I've been here 20 years, but it has opened my eyes to communities that I didn't know existed right here in East Naples. Uh, neighborhoods and streets and communities that uh, I just had never had the privilege of, 
of going through before and seeing them, and we have built some fantastic relationships, and we look forward to going in and helping as many people in this community as we possibly can, because the reality is everybody needs a little help once in a while, right? And I'm hoping that we as a church can do that. So it all starts by becoming aware, by paying attention to the needs around us. But not only that, number two, we need to believe that God can change a person's life. We need to believe that what we're doing really can lead to life change. In Luke chapter 5, verse 20, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now, notice what it says here. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, plural, their faith. He didn't say, when Jesus saw the paralyzed man's faith, he said, your sins are forgiven. He said, when he saw their faith, he said to the man, your sins are forgiven. I think that's a pretty incredible statement there. He sees these four guys letting this man down through the roof. Now, remember, he's paralyzed. He can't do anything. He needed them to bring him to Jesus. You know what? You probably know several people in your life, in your circle of influence, who are in a similar condition. Or maybe they're not physically paralyzed, but they're paralyzed by fear. Or they're paralyzed by guilt. Or they're paralyzed by resentment over people who have hurt them in the past or churches where they've been burned in the past. Maybe they're paralyzed with loneliness and they just don't even want to leave their house. Or maybe they're paralyzed with grief about some terrible thing that's happened in their life. Perhaps the circumstances of life have caused them to lose faith in God. Maybe they've just lost their faith and they've walked away from God. This is, my friends, the time when we need to do whatever it takes to reach out to help them. The four men in our passage here, they believed that Jesus could help their paralyzed friend. They believed that. In fact, they were convinced that if they could just get their friend in front of Jesus, his life would be changed. Let me ask you, has it ever crossed your mind that that person in your life that God has put in your circle of influence that you think there's not a chance in the world that they're ever gonna get saved? Has it ever crossed your mind that God actually can and will change them if you'll just get them to Jesus? I bet we all know somebody that we thought, you know, never in a gazillion years did I think that person would ever put their faith in Christ. They are so far gone. They're so immersed in a godless lifestyle. They're so hardened by their agnosticism. Perhaps it just seems hopeless to even try to reach them. <clears throat> Can I say... They are not hopeless. No one is hopeless. Remember, God's word says this, Hebrews 7, verse 25. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. God is able. God is able to save the person who is so far gone, who's so far lost, who's so angry at him, no one is outside the reach of God's grace. I don't care what they've done or how long they've done it. There's nobody that's beyond the reach of God's love. You just have to believe. Our evangelism strategy at Venture Church is, is, is simple. It's three words, invest and invite. 
Invest and invite. There's not five points. There's not, you know, a bunch of things for you to remember. It's invest in building a relationship with lost people and look for the opportunity to invite them to a place where they can hear God's word, where they can hear the gospel. Invest and invite. Invest in building relationships. Get out there and coach some teams. Get out there and join some clubs. Get out there and meet lost people. Rub shoulders with lost people and look for the opportunity when it arrives to invite them to church, to invite them to small group, to invite them to some kind of a context where they'll hear the gospel preach and have the opportunity to respond. Simple as that, invest and invite. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to learn a bunch of things. You just have to be willing to get Involved. You have to believe that if you can get them in front of Jesus, that he can change their lives. Amen? Pay attention to the needs of the people around you. Believe that God can change people's hearts. And thirdly, persist through the challenges you face. Back to Luke chapter 5 in our story. It says, some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat, and they tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. Notice what it says. It says, they tried and could not. They tried to get him in, but they couldn't get him in. So they're off the hook, right? I mean, right? I mean, they look at their friend and they say, hey, we're sorry. We tried. Uh, it's, it's overflowing. You're not going to be able to get in today. We were really hoping you could, but I'm really sorry. Uh, it looks like today just isn't your day. Is that what they did? No, not at all. Not at all. You know, too often we give up too quickly. We just give up, or we get discouraged because it's tough. We throw in the towel because it gets a little difficult. Listen, we need to be persistent in our efforts to reach others. Maintain that servant's heart that is willing to go above and beyond. Let's continue in the passage. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. I love that. Because sometimes you just have to think outside the box a little bit. Sometimes you just have to step back, ponder the situation, and come up with a plan B or a plan C. You don't just give up. The Marines have a motto. Innovate, adapt, and overcome. We would, it would do us good to, to take that same philosophy in our efforts to reach lost people. Innovate, adapt, and overcome. Do whatever it takes. Jesus is teaching here a crowded room, packed house, and suddenly plaster starts falling from the ceiling. Probably people start looking up going, what, what is going on? Somebody's interrupting Jesus, and all of a sudden, a hole breaks through in the ceiling, and then a guy's head pops through the hole. He looks down, and he comes back, hey, a little bit to the left, guys, right over here. And before long, I mean, they don't have saws all. They don't have any kind of lasers. They don't have any kind of, you know, skill saw, nothing like that. They just start tearing apart the tiles of the ceiling until they get a hole right above Jesus. Stuff's falling down all over the place so that they can put him, their paralytic friend, right in front of Jesus. That's pretty innovative, wasn't it? I mean, that's kind of, those are the kind of friends that you want. People who are willing to do whatever it takes to get this guy to Jesus. Do you have that kind of tenacity? Do you have that kind of spirit? 
that lost friend, that lost relative, that lost person in your life? Are you willing to go through the roof for them? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? Are you willing to think outside of the box? In the last few weeks, I've seen this in action. Teams cleaning out the homes that had been flooded. Their head underneath somebody else's kitchen sink. Muck and mold and nastiness and sweat and no air conditioning. And down there just pulling out this nasty stuff. Disregarding everything they were having to go through emptying out other people's cupboards, cleaning out other people's closets, their wet, stinky stuff, and pulling it out. It was hot. It was sweaty. And day after day, they showed up for 18 straight days. 80 people showed up over that time frame to go out and go through the roof for other people. And that, my friends, is awesome. That's the kind of servanthood that I believe Jesus exemplified. It's what he called his disciples to do. So we need to pay attention to the needs around us. We need to believe that God will change their lives if we just get get the people to them. And we need to persist through the difficulties. And finally this morning, we need to work with others to get the job done. Now let me ask you, how many people does it take to let a guy down through the roof? How many? Yeah, it takes four people, right? What happens if you only have three? He's gonna slide off, the, he's gonna slide off, right? You're gonna get him partway down, and boom, down he goes. Now he's got a bigger problem he had before. He just landed on his head. That would not have been a very good story to put in the Bible. They had to cooperate. This job required everyone working together. And here we are, back to where we started in week one. We need each other. We can't do it alone, we don't need to do it alone. I just love this. In Mark's account of this story, it tells us that there were four guys who let him down because it was crowded in the home. I wanted to title this message, Four of a Kind Beats a Full House. (laughs) I know who the gamblers are in the audience. (laughs) East Naples needs the gospel. The good people in our community need to hear that Jesus Christ can change their lives. We have a big task ahead of us, and we're gonna work hard, but we can't do it alone. We need to do it together. God called us nearly six years ago to start Venture Church because the needs in our community are great. The kids in this school need to hear about Jesus Christ. And the kids at Manatee, in East Samples Middle, and Parkside. And we can just go through school after school, Laley Elementary. They need to hear about Jesus. And we need a church full of people who take our blinders off, who see the needs in our community, who are willing to get involved, who are willing to work together willing to do whatever it takes to reach every man, woman, and child in this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ because we believe that if we can introduce them to Jesus, that he'll change their lives. William Temple said this. He said, the church is the only society that exists for the benefit of the non-members. Venture Church does not exist 
for us. This isn't about how we can make Sunday morning as comfortable for you and me as we possibly can. This isn't like we're putting on a theatrical performance so that you can leave here and say, wow, that was a really good show today. I enjoyed that. I'll come back next week for another show. You've missed the point. That's not what we're here for. We're here to worship God, lift up his name, to proclaim the name of Jesus in this community. But we are here to be servants. We're here to serve the lost people in our community. I think this is an incredible time to be alive. I hope that you're willing to get on board with the vision that God has given us as a church. I invite you here in just a few weeks to join the Venture Church family. If you're the kind of person that wants to get involved, if you're the kind of person that wants to make a difference in the community, if you're the kind of person who wants to see lives changed, if you're the kind of person who's willing to go through the roof to help people and to introduce people to Jesus, Because I know this, that 2,000 and some years ago, four guys who said, hey, why don't we take our buddy down to introduce him to Jesus, never thought that 2,000 years later, there'd be somebody in America, in Naples, Florida, talking about what they did. And yet, here we are. Here we are. Today, I challenge you to make a determination to work harder than ever before to bring people to Jesus. Now, it's not our job to save people. That's Jesus' job. It's our job to introduce them to Jesus so that he can save them. And if we're going to do this, it's going to start by the fact that we pay attention to the needs around us, that we slow down and we look around and we see the people that are hurting, that we believe that God can change people's hearts And that we're willing to persist through the difficulties that we will face. And we're willing to work with others to get the job done. And if we'll do that, I believe God will use us in an incredible way in this community. So I invite you, as we prepare to open up membership at the Venture Church, I invite you to join us in this endeavor. To do whatever it takes to reach this community with the gospel. I challenge you to do whatever it takes to fight for your family, to reach out to the lost in your own house, in your own extended. You know, some of the hardest people to reach are the people in your own family, moms and dads and brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and cousins. They're the hardest ones to reach many times. I challenge you to get involved. It's so easy in our spectator society to sit in the grandstand and watch others on the field. We've just built a whole culture of, of watching sports and watching other people do the activity. We sit back and applaud. But I can, can I just say that that's not the kind of, that's not what a church is. It's not about sitting in the grandstands watching other people do it. It's about getting involved. This is, a, this is an organization where we're all about doing what Jesus left us to do going out into this community to share the gospel. You say, well, preacher, I'm in. I want to join. That's great. But I want you to get involved, too. I don't want you to just get in so you can have your name on a membership roll. So I want you to get in. I want you to get involved. I want you to find the place where you add value. Find the place where you can serve. Find that ministry. Find that team. Find that place where God will want to use you. 
say, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, we have a volunteer coordinator in our church. Her name is Michelle Ream. And if you send them an email to Michelle at VentureNaples.com, if you just talk to somebody out at the welcome tent or somebody at the back table, say, introduce me to Michelle. I want to find out how I can get involved. She'll be glad to sit down with you and help you find the place where you fit in. And you know what? Sometimes it'll take two or three times before you find the, the place where it's really your sweet spot, and that's completely fine. If you try a few things and you know what? That just isn't for you, fine. We'll find you the place. Keep, keep trying. Persist as these guys did. And we'll get you in that place where you are an active part of the team. Maybe it's difficult. Maybe you say, well, preacher, that's good, but I've, I've served my 70 years. I've, I, I've done my time, you know. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to rest. Well, can I just say maybe there are other ways that you can get involved. You can pray. My goodness, do we need prayer warriors. Amen. People who every day petition the throne of God for lost people in our community, for the church. Be praying. I tell you what, if there's anything, it would be so wonderful for us to be able to get our new facility. We have the land. We have the plan. Uh, we're, just, we're just at the place where uh, we just need the last bit of resources to be able to uh, green light that project and be able to get that built so we can have our, a, a place of our own, our own launching pad for ministry. So pray about how you may participate in that. I just don't want you to grow comfortable. If, you, if you're on Venture Long, you're going to see a few of the, my characteristic statements. And here's one of them. If you've got a pulse, you've got a purpose. So if there's still something ticking in your, in your wrist right there, then God's got a plan for you. And I want you to find what that plan is. I don't want you to get involved. I want you to, I, I invite you as Jesus invited his disciples to come and be a servant of the Most High God. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we are humbled that you would choose to use us in any way. God, that you invite us into your church, into your family. God, that's incredible. We are so honored. We are so humbled. God, that you called us to, to be the church in East Naples to be a part of the expressions of, of your church working to reach every man, woman, and child in this community. God, show us what you'd have us do. Help us to do it. God, I pray that each person in this room today would find the place where they fit in the body of Christ, where they add value, where they can use their skills, their gifts, their talents for your glory. So God, help us to reach every man, woman, and child in this community. Help us to be that lighthouse. Use us for your glory. Father, we pray. Lord, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor Fernando to join me. And next Sunday, I just want to remind you, next Sunday, 9.30 and 11, we'll be at FSW. So uh, uh, next Sunday, we'll be there. Next Steps uh, was canceled because of the hurricane, rescheduled for November 20th. Uh, if you would like to, that's, that's just a place where you're going to learn more about venture. You're not signing up for anything. You're not enrolling in anything. It's just a place where you come to our house and uh, you meet the rest of the staff. We share a nice meal together. We kind of hear your story. You kind of hear our story. And that's it. It's just a place where we get to know one, one, one another because 
I just don't get to know anybody when you're just walking out in, you know, 30 seconds. So we invite you November 26 to 8 uh, at our home, and uh, you can sign up on the Venture app. God is so blessing our missions outreach adventure. It's called Leadership Outreach. It's an organization we started in 2013. We're training pastors and church leaders globally. How many countries are we in right now? 12 countries, uh, about 800 students. And God is just doing an incredible thing. We've graduated hundreds of students. Uh, 80% of pastors outside of the United States have no theological training at all. Zip, zero. We take the theological training to them and uh, equip them and coach them. And uh, God is just blessing this ministry incredibly. Uh, Pastor Fernando and his wife Priscilla will be going to uh, uh, Portugal and Cape Verde, Africa, leaving tomorrow. And uh, we're opening up, uh, Lord willing, new training centers in those locations. And uh, God is just doing some really incredible work. And so I just want to pray for him uh, before we leave today. Would you join me in prayer? Father, once again, we thank you for the opportunity we have to take your word, not just to the streets of Naples, but around the world. God, I pray that you would continue to open doors and that we would have the faith to walk through those open doors. We thank you for the incredible training centers that are already launched, and God, we look forward to those that are going to begin here soon. I pray that you would go before Fernando and Priscilla on this trip, that you would put the right people in the right meetings, and that, God, that we'd be able to see training centers launched in Cape Verde, Africa, and God, may this be the opening to our work in Europe. So, God, we just, we just put this in your hands. I pray that you would go before him, that you give him wisdom. Every time he communicates, every time he teaches, every time he preaches, God, that you would give him the words to say. And, Father, that you would bring the people that need to hear the message and that you would bring those people who would form the nucleus of these new groups. And, that God, that we would see a great work as this, as this, as this incredible ministry continues to spread. So, Lord, keep them healthy, keep them safe as they travel, and bring them back here, God, with a great story uh, to share of the great things that you've done. Father, we love you and we praise you. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen.